Well, I'm here in the office of James Wozniak, the new Cranford Police Chief. You've been in office since March 1st. Why don't we start off with telling me a little bit about yourself? Sure, Bernie. Uh, first, I'd like to thank you for uh, taking the time out to do this. It's a, uh, a great asset that we have in the town, uh, you know, getting to know our people a little bit more. And um, I think what you're doing is a great thing. Bernie, I am a product of Cranford. I'm a second-generation Cranfordite. I'm raising my family here now. I have great, fond memories of growing up in town, going through Little League baseball, playing. It just seemed like there were a lot more kids back then. You know, I, I mean, I grew up on Craig Place, and I think we had something like 27 kids on the block, and we, we were never, uh, never without anything to do. Some of the memories uh, that I have are going canoeing, and inevitably we wound up swimming in the river back when you could <laughs> um, you know very clean uh, the water was very clean and uh, and it was just a lot of fun uh, growing up on the river and, and doing those things the, the sense of community that Cranford offers I guess until you're an adult or maybe a young adult you don't really realize the importance that that has in the makeup of you you know, when we get into the interview a little bit more, um, you know, the my involvement in the community was instrumental in me becoming a police officer. I have great memories of the rivalries between baseball back in the day where they would have the north side, south side. You know, they always, growing up, they said, don't make the north side, it's not the north side, the south side, it's Cranford. But, you know, growing up, they made it like that because we had baseball down at Adams Avenue Field, and then they had the baseball, the South Side had baseball at, you know, Memorial Field, and then um, every year the teams that won the league, they'd have the Cranford World Series, and they would announce it, and they'd announce your name, and you just felt like, you know, a major league player with, the, you know, all these announcements going on, and all of the kids came that weren't on the teams, you know, that, that were on all of the teams, and it was, this year it would be the south side, this year it would be the north side, and they would rotate out. And those are the great things uh, and the great memories that I have as a young child in town. Um, also, the, the Cranford Pools, you know, I, I kid with my kids now, you know, they want to go all over the place. When are we going to Disneyland? Let's do this, let's do that. Growing up, it was at 8.30 in the morning, you got on your bike, you rode to the Cranford Pool, and you didn't come home until 5.30 at night. And you spent your entire summers with all your friends at the pools, and you got to know the lifeguards. And, you know, you always looked up to them because you knew that they were older kids. And any time you saw them outside, you know, you would, oh, that's my lifeguard. Hi, hi, whoever. You know, and, it, and it was cool. It was just that whole wholesome grassroots community feeling that you got from growing up here in town. You know, it was, it was a cool place. It, it definitely is a cool place to live and, and, a, and a cool place to grow up. And those, you know, I have great memories of it. Well, you talked about growing up in town, but you didn't come right out of high school and become a police officer. There were some steps that took place between high school graduation and that day that you decided to become a police officer. Tell me what happened in between. Oh, boy. I was known as a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Growing up uh, later on in life, ran into some difficult times in my life. My dad had passed away when I was in high school. It was tough on my mom trying to raise two boys in, in a you know, middle-class town. So, you know, I didn't really have a focus on college or anything in my sights. Anything that came my way, I just kind of molded to it. I worked in several delis as a young man, Geiger's. When Geiger's was around, I worked in a deli over there. I got involved in construction. I got involved in selling plumbing supplies. I went all over the East Coast and set up plumbing supplies in hardware stores and chain stores. And, and then I got more into the construction area and but I always had 
a tie to Cranford because right out of college, I'm sorry, right out of high school, I uh, began coaching PAL wrestling. The year I graduated, uh, me and a couple of my friends, uh, you know, coached because we were involved in it, and I never stopped. So there was always that connectedness back to Cranford. So as I'm traveling the East Coast setting up plumbing supplies or I'm helping a mason build a chimney or a fireplace, I would always come back at night and coach. So I have a vivid memory of then Captain Harry Wild at one of the football games because uh, his son Stephen and I had played on uh, our high school team together. And he kind of stopped me in my tracks. You know, he, he knew me very well. Uh, him and my father used to hang out in the stands and watch us play. Uh, got to know my dad pretty well. My uncle, Don Curry, was also a captain here with the police department. So I was no stranger to the department as far as he would bring me in. Um, he was in charge of then the big computer reels and the tapes had to be changed and, you know, those antiquated systems. I had walked the halls of the police department years ago but never connected that someday I would be in here. And once again, Captain Wild said, so what are you doing with your life? And I thought about it, and I was like, I'm all over the place. I, you know, I'm, you know, one day at a time. He's like, Jimmy, take the police test. We're hiring. Jump on board. Between him and my uncle, I thought, you know what? It's a part of growing up. I was a, a young kid, a 19-year-old kid who, at 19, you're not really thinking career. You're just thinking, well, how am I going to get money to pay for my car or my car insurance or things like that? Turns out I took the written test. I did very well. I came out third. I took the physical test. I came out first. And shortly thereafter, I got a call from Chief Bob Gurton offering me a job. And oddly enough, I, I actually replaced my uncle because my uncle retired. And then I took his slot in the promotional phase uh, or in the hiring phase. You know, irony reared its, its head in my life with that. And, uh, you know, was going through a lot of things in, in my lifetime. Uh, you know, there are a lot of ironic coincidences, you know, one that I pointed out at my uh, my speech when I got sworn in. I'm the 10th police chief of Cranford in the existence of Cranford, as far as the police department goes. When I played football at Cranford High School, my jersey number was 10. So in the middle of the speech, I, I pulled out my jersey with Wozniak on the back, and I said, ironically enough, call it fate, call it irony, call it whatever you wish. But Jim Wozniak was, has been number 10 since 1981 in, in Cranford High School. That's how I got involved. Honestly, if it wasn't for the PAL, then being directed by Sergeant Chuck Archdeacon, his involvement, getting me involved with that, I don't think that I would be sitting where I am today. Now, in the police department, you've had a lot of different jobs, as have most officers who have been in the department for a while. Tell me about some of the different responsibilities that you've had over the years. You know, Bernie, I never, um, I never denied an opportunity. Um, I was always a proactive cop uh, when I was young, policeman. Um, I always came up with new ideas. I think I caught the eye of Captain Wild during those times, being involved with, once again with the youth. Uh, there was a time when I was on the teen advisory board, and I put together three-on-three -three basketball tournaments for the kids. And I would go downtown and solicit prizes, and every year I would get mountain bikes for the first-place winners. And every year, you know, we'd get 20-some-odd teams, and we'd play up at the high school and put that together and... and uh, um, it was always successful, and it was great for the kids, and it was great for the community. Um, and then one year, with my involvement with the PAL, we put together a wrestling tournament. We must have put in 40 hours at this tournament, and I think at the end, we the first one that we did, we made about $800 when all was said and done between trying to sell food and registration fees and everything. 
and talk about a lot of work. I mean, it was we started at two days prior, setting up all of the wrestling charts and the bout sheets, and then uh, progressing into the day of the tournament. And and there at six o'clock in the morning, you don't leave until eight o'clock at night. That tournament has flourished into such a great thing now, where the, the funds that we raise are well over a couple thousand dollars. We include approximately three to 400 kids in the county, um, and it's just been an annual event for years now that the wrestling program looks forward to. I was always a proactive idea kind of person. When I was in patrol, I was fortunate enough to get assigned to the Union County Narcotic Strike Force. That was really my first pretty cool assignment. Dyed my hair blonde, put earrings in, grew a goatee. No one knew who I was. You know, it was, it was kind of fun. People would run into me and see me and do the double take and go, what the, what, are you all right? You know, I thought something, I was going through a, an early life crisis or something. So that was a great assignment, great eye-opener. You're meeting a lot of great people from agencies all over the county. So I was assigned there, got to know the job, which is the most important thing. You see aspects of the job that we just wouldn't get here in Cranford because of the extent of the investigations. I also was fortunate enough to be assigned to the Union Essex Auto Theft Task Force when auto theft was through the roof in this area, which was probably by far the most eye-opening assignment that I ever had in the middle of Newark chasing car thieves down in two blocks over here, automatic gunfire on a separate incident. Crazy, crazy stuff. From there, I, I was promoted to uh, detective. I worked in the investigative division. First, I was actually a traffic investigator for six months. So I worked in a traffic division under uh, Lieutenant Tom Kane. Learned a lot of stuff about traffic, accident reconstruction, all of the mechanical background and, and ideas behind crashes. And from there, I got assigned to the investigative division where I did adult investigations. Uh, from the investigative division, I was promoted to sergeant of our emergency services unit. Back in the day, the uh, first aid squad had a hard time getting volunteers. So we had to do something to make sure that we had uh, emergency ambulance responses. So um, we put together the Cranford Emergency Services Unit, the ambulances, and we started doing the, the paid EMS at that time. From there, I was assigned to records, the commanding officer in the records division. From records, I went to supervisor of the communications center as a sergeant as well. Uh, did that for a year and a half, and then uh, I was promoted to lieutenant, where I worked in the patrol division as a watch commander for several years. From there, I went into back into the investigative division, being the commanding officer of the investigative division. And then I was promoted to captain. And March 1st, uh, once uh, Chief Mason uh, decided to, uh, you know, move on to another endeavor, which is, you know, a great thing for him um, and a great thing for the county with him involved in that. Here I sit as the chief of police, which helped being assigned to every division in the department, and that's basically where I was. You know, I had a taste of working in the every division and supervising in every division. So my conceptual skills of the entire job are there, and I think what that does, it gives me a lot of credibility primarily with the rank and file because when I ask somebody to do something in their mind, they say, well, he's probably done that five or ten or a hundred times. And I think that is one of the uh, most important aspects of my ability to lead the Cranford Police Department because they know that coming from me, it's, it's real, uh, it's tangible, it's, you know, I've done it before. And, and I think the guys and gals know, too, that I would never ask them to do something that I wouldn't jump in and do. I'm still a cop. You know, I sit in the, in the, in the corner office, but I'm still, you know, they had an investigation yesterday. Uh, 
you know, and I'm right in the middle, what happened? What was this? What was that? And they're kind of looking at me like, all right, can you get out of here now? <laughs> can you, you know, we're trying to do this. I'm still a cop at heart. Uh, you know, the drive of being a policeman is still there and, and it's kind of cool. I think a lot of people in town who have been here for any length of time probably may best recognize you from your appearances on TV 35 when we had various emergencies, weather emergencies, flooding, situations of that sort. Was that something that you felt a natural affinity to, to in terms of being sort of a uh, the face for the Cranford Police Department during those times? You know what? Once again, I have to give credit to Chief Harry Wild. Um, you know, it was kind of one of those things where you're walking down the hall and you're like, hey, you, come here. And I'm kidding because I, I know he knew what my talents were at the time. You know what, Bernie, it just came natural to me. I never had a problem, as you know, I'm sure your listeners will find out from this interview, I never had a problem talking. I'm a public speaker. It doesn't scare me, even though it's one of the, the highest phobias that there is in the world. I grew an affinity to it. I had a couple of courses at Seton Hall University. Unbeknownst to me, I, I think I was like two classes short of a minor in communications on my criminal justice degree. I took studio television, I took public speaking, I took all those things because I figured, wait, they're going to give me a grade to do this? This is going to be easy. And lo and behold, you know, I'm getting 4.0s in, in those classes. However, the emergency management end of it was always just a knack that I had. Later on, when I went to classes to get certified, I knew what our direction was and why we did things and how we did things. I just didn't know they had names for them you know, like incident command and the way the incident command is structured. I mean, that's always how we did it. But now I'm actually putting my actions to paper and know that this is really a theory and a basis for emergency management. Unfortunately, as well, too, is that we're good on the emergency management end because of all the flooding that we do have in town and, and the susception that we do get to flooding. And I, I, I looked when I was uh, putting some paperwork together I looked back, and I think uh, I was involved in 10 declared emergencies in Cranford, um, whether it was driving jet skis up and down the streets to evacuate people or to check on emergency situations or actually doing evacuations. And then finally, during Irene and Sandy, Chief Mason at the time put me in charge of running a lot of the operation from the experiences that I had in the previous storms. It just came natural, and thank God. Everything worked out and everybody was safe. It just comes natural, and, and I, I do enjoy being involved in it on two levels. On one level, first and foremost, making sure the community is advised and making sure the community is aware of things and trying to get out to them and showing them the things that we're doing so that they know that we're not just you know sitting around. We are making efforts to get people. We are making efforts to clear stuff. We learned a very valuable lesson during Sandy with you know how important the media is and how the social networking is getting the word out and what's going on and what we're doing. It's very important. Secondly, you know, making sure that the troops are the rank and file is out there doing their job and knowing what to do and how to do it. And we have to change our priorities during natural disasters from uh, you know still life saving, but not so much in the realm of criminal actions, but more natural threats that we have and keeping people safe with that. So I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Anytime someone comes into a new position, especially as the head of an organization, they have their own sets of priorities that they bring with them. What are some of your priorities now that you've become the chief of the Cranford Police? First and foremost, community. My involvement in the communities has afforded me treasures, and I'm thankful for what it's procured for me. I still think that there's room for the Cranford Police Department to be involved more in community. We do have a PAL program where our police officers are involved in the administrative end, the coaching end, 
Um, I would like to see our numbers increase with our involvement there. All the civic organizations that we have in town, Chamber of Commerce, all of the businesses, you know, I did a lecture at the Chamber of Commerce meeting uh, last week. I, I pointed out to the business owners in town that, you know, the importance of having a thriving business area or business district in your town, primarily why people move to a town is the school systems, how safe the town is. But I think a, a, a largely overlooked aspect of why people move into town is because of the businesses and the draws that they have. I mean, if you have a thriving business district in your town, I think that only increases the popularity of your of your community. I felt really good speaking at that chamber meeting and vocalizing my thoughts of having the police involved in more things, getting to know the business owners, getting to know the kids, getting to know uh, the civic organizations. I kid during the course of my career, you know, you always get that uh, that resident that tells you, you know, I pay your salary. I always kid and, and throw it back at my guys and gals that they're right. They do pay our salary. So when they call us, it's the most important thing going on in their day. They deserve to be treated with respect. They deserve to be treated with empathy. They deserve to be treated with professionalism that we put forward. So I think that is probably first and foremost important to me as far as uh, my vision and my drive for this position. The second thing that comes to mind is I think one of the things that we lack a lot in town or in life is just preparing for the future. Um, we need to prepare for the future of Cranford in a proactive way. You know, there's a lot of development going on, some complete, some in the middle of being completed, some planned, some tied up in litigation. You know, we can't let the fact that something's tied up in litigation or almost done keep us from remembering that there's going to be almost a, you know, 7% increase in population in our town. You know, you might say 7% is low, but when you're talking, you know, 23,000 residents, a 7% increase is a lot. What people forget is that when you have a population increase, that means the calls for service increase. That means emergency calls increase. That means the programs that we want to do. I need more officers for programs that I want them to get involved with the community about. So my goal is to prepare the Cranford Police Department for the future needs of the town, which, you know, is going to in increase our numbers. Strong fiscal responsibility is important. If we can increase our, our numbers in the rank and file without costing the taxpayers any money, I think that's a great way of getting the job done as far as preparing for the future, but also preparing for the future in terms of the organization, mentoring the young policemen and grooming them to be supervisors mentoring the now supervisors to become better leaders, mentoring the good leaders to become great leaders. You know, I'm not going to be here forever, although I would like to. You know, there's, there's restrictions in the law that keep me from doing it. And my goal now is to groom people in the police department to have somebody take over my spot. There's nothing more that I want than when, when I do decide several years down the line that I'm done. I want the township committee to have a hard time picking who the next chief is going to be. Because basically what that does is that tells me that I've done my job in preparing this department for the future. Chief Wozniak, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Bernie, I thank you too. And once again, uh, the service you're providing is great for the town and, and great for the Cranford Police Department. I thank you for your time and effort.